0: The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the sponsor, Reentry Alliance Pensacola.
1: Good morning, News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola expert panel pep talk. I'm your host, Jake. Um, one of the best parts about my job and doing this show since I've started uh, is uh, these segments, like you're about to hear, um, with uh, Reap Pensacola, the reentry um, program that uh, that we're going to be talking about. In doing my research last night and looking at the website and and doing my research here, it, you know, it almost kind of brought me to tears because. From a from a personal note, and I think I can speak for a lot of people uh, listening right now, we're really only one bad decision away from incarceration. You know, one uh, one group of people that you really shouldn't be hanging out with. One bad decision, one mistake uh, can can you know can mean incarceration. And then when you get out, it's up to you to make everything fall back together and to get your life back in order. And for some people, that is just really really tough because. You get out of, of jail, and they give you $50 on a debit card and a pair of really bad shoes, and there you go. There's your life. you got to get it all back together. So programs, especially in this area, we have a great community. Um, we're, we're talking today with uh, REAP Reentry, uh, Pensacola. Uh, ReapReentry.org is the website. Uh, and, and today, more in particular, we're going to be talking about the... Uh, the Maxwell Respite Center. Uh, Joining me today, I have Troy Watts, who's the program director at the Maxwell Respite Center, and uh, Vinnie Wibbs, executive director of the REAP program, and uh, Amina Furlow. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. How y'all doing?
0: We're doing great, Jake. Thank you for the opportunity to be here.
1: Yeah, let let me hear all your microphones, make sure everybody's in there. Yep, Amina, yep. Thanks okay. There. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and go ahead and speak loud for me, so I can hear you. Um, and Troy over here on mic two, got gotcha. you. All right. Just want to make sure everybody can be heard. Um, Vinny, um, we'll we'll start with you. Um, can Can you tell us why um, you got into this? Uh, what drives you uh, to take care of these people that that so desperately need help coming out of car- and incarceration?
0: Well, uh, basically, about ten years ago, uh, I read an article in the newspaper, and they were talking about a uh, the start of a reentry program, uh, and I volunteered, uh, uh, to join their services. Uh, at that point in time, there were three volunteers, uh, me, Al Stubblefield, and a man by the name of Rick Dye. Uh, both of those two had retired, uh, and, uh, recognized that there was a need to assist people returning from incarceration. Uh, that was 10 years ago, uh, we've grown, uh, an awful lot since that period of time, and, uh, over the last uh, two and a half years, in addition to the reentry program, we've done a considerable amount of work uh, working with the individuals that are homeless in the Northwest Florida area, mm.
1: which that population is only growing uh, that's every exactly day. Right. So, and uh, it's also it's getting cold. So that's uh, every time it gets cold. Even though living down here, coming from from up north a little bit, uh, I always think whenever it gets a little bit chilly, I think, man, there's somebody sleeping under a bench right now. Uh, actually, right up the road every every morning. Uh, when I come to work, I, I see somebody sleeping under the the bus bench, and and just it's just hard to you know kind of get everything back in perspective after that uh, the way it used to be before I see something like that. So um, if if you're needing a perspective shift this morning, please visit uh, reapreentry.org. You can donate, you can volunteer, uh, and just get a whole scope of what this program is doing. Uh, Troy Watts, I want to turn to you, uh, program director at the Maxwell Respite Center. Um, What does the Maxwell Respite Center offer to those who need help?
2: The the Maxwell Respite Center actually offers stability, housing, uh, education, and just a way of new life. At this point, we all understand at the Maxwell Respite Center that the first necessities are. And I'm going to give you some numbers. And as we all know, our listening audience, they all know that numbers don't lie. Mm -hmm. At this point, Maxwell Respite Center opened up in August of 2022. At this point, we have 214 birth certificates that we've helped the clients get. We have 182 Social Security cards that we help the clients get. We have 148 IDs that we help the clients get. We have 81 that we turn back to the workforce. We have 95,000 meals that we've already served. We have 2,848 case management that we teach. We actually have case management there. We have 24 seeking GEDs and two who are seeking college. We have 126 children that we've helped get back into the schools. We also teach life skill classes and job searches. In those life skill classes, every Tuesday and Thursday, everyone there is expected to program. Program is one of our basic things, one, I'm sorry, one of our major things that we, that we anticipate and that we hope that our residents get. Because if we don't get it right the first time, then they'll be back.
1: Right, right. Um, the, uh, the respite center, um, what, um, you, you mentioned some of the numbers, how many people, uh, since that year when you've opened, how many people have you, have you helped, including feeding and counseling and, and, uh, and all of that, the job? Well, from Jake, from, um, August of 2022
2: to now, I think there were 400, over 470 people that we are, that we have in the, uh, that we have in the that we've had for a year now so far.
1: And, uh, more, uh. More specifically, uh, children, uh, women, and children, yes. newborn babies. Uh, sometimes, you know, things happen. Uh, relationships break up. Um, you know, people are down on their luck because maybe, uh, maybe the spouse or the boyfriend or girlfriend was the the breadwinner, and uh, and maybe they're now out on their own. Is is this is this the only place that they can go around here to uh, to get care and and to have a safe shelter? Yes. At this point, yes, I said we're the only place, especially when it
2: comes to women and children. Okay. All right. and, like, wow. and like you said earlier, we do have newborns.
1: We have, I think since
2: we've been there, we've had like eight newborns wow. so far.
1: Wow. When otherwise they would be out on the street or having to get help from friends and family if if possible. Yeah, Jake,
0: Jake, let me say this. That, mm-hmm. that On a typical night at the Maxwell Center, we normally have about 75 people. About half of those are women. Uh, mm. The other half are children kind of deal. And so at any, at any given time, you're providing a meaningful service. To an awful number of people, they don't always stay there a long period of time. Uh, it is a transition program mm. designed to have, help them when they need immediate help, and then help them move on to the next next step.
1: Right, because just giving them the the foot, you know, up is is not enough. You have to kind of stay with them and make sure that they have everything they need, because there's so many needs that even they're not even going to know about until later on in this process. Um, and and like you said, housing and and income and job are like the two. Uh, major things, and if you can get them set up with that, then uh, you're off to a great start. Um, getting back to the, uh, the Respite Center, uh, what makes this transitional housing program so special, uh, Troy? That's
2: simple, Jake. We offer a
1: hands-up
2: and not a hand-out. Hmm. Our whole thing is putting together a program that they actually understand they can relate to. Another special thing about us is when I first got there, the clients were coming in saying, with their kids, they're going to put us out anyway but we stopped that. What we're doing now is, is that there is no putting out. You're not getting out that easy. What you're going to have to do is program. If you don't program, then you're actually telling us you don't want to be there. It's as simple as that.
1: Right. And I've even seen news reports where people say, well, we stay in this area around this shelter because we know if we ever need anything, they're going to provide and we'll have it. But to me, I think, you know, like having a program like that where you stay in, uh, and stay involved, that's really the only way to not just, like you said, be a, a hand up and not a handout. Um, and so that's what makes that so special. I, I'm. The more I learn about this, the more I, I want to definitely donate. Uh, go to uh, reap reentry.org, reap reentry. Um, let's uh, let's go back to, uh, to Vinny here. How long is the uh, respite center uh, waiting list? Uh, and you said you get about 75 people every night but but for this program what is the waiting list and does it continue to grow all the time we
0: yes we do maintain a waiting list because uh, at the respite center we have basically about 40 individual rooms and they're varying sizes so some of them are for single persons and some of them for we'll take a couple and some of them can take a family size uh and so that from time to time as a room becomes available, you need to be able to have somebody who can fill that position. So that's why you keep the, the waiting list. And at any given time, we have about 100 individuals that are on the waiting list, mm. uh, and those would be families kind of a deal. Okay. Uh, and so that so that so the number is really higher than that. The total number of people that you would be eligible to be serving. Right.
1: Uh, just uh, Just showing the need here in this community for such a program. Yeah, and
0: that, and that need, uh, Jake, it really has grown over the last number of years. And, uh, mm. and uh, some of it... As a result a result of uh, basically the, the pandemic with COVID. Uh, right. People were displaced. They lost their jobs mm-hmm. and stuff and ended up mm-hmm. moving into the homeless situation. The other problem is something that's more of an economic situation whereby you've got, uh, you know, uh, the price of housing mm-hmm. has escalated. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you've got people that have traditionally been, been landlords have decided that it's better off to sell their house now right. and move it out of that rental market. So mm-hmm. there you have people that are... That are hardworking individuals maintaining jobs, but can no longer afford uh, that monthly right. rental payment, and 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 so all of a sudden, not through any any uh, action of their own, uh, they end up being in a situation of homelessness, and that's why what they need is a, a temporary a transitional period, mm-hmm. someplace to stay, and that's that's what the Maxwell Center is specifically designed to do.
1: All right, I want to turn it over to Amina. Um, Amina. I- I was watching some, uh, some, uh, footage on the website and I think the receptionist, uh, for the center also went through the program and now she's hired on. Um, but you're, you yourself, a, a former resident, uh, what do you think about the, the Maxwell respite center and, and how did the program help you in particular?
3: I think the program is an awesome addition to, um, to Pensacola. Um, it really does help more than just, um, women and children. Um, And like Vinny and Troy have said, it helps families, that's husbands, wives, single moms, uh, veterans, both men and women, um, and the elderly. Um, I appreciate the program. I I needed it um, the end of last year. So just after Christmas, I um, transitioned into the program and it was very helpful. It wasn't what I expected. I got a lot more out of it um, than I anticipated. And I'm grateful for it.
1: What what did you kind of go in expecting? What was what were your fears entering a program like this? Because I'm sure a lot of people who think, well, I need help. Uh, but I'm just afraid to go uh, to a place like this. I don't know what to expect. And, you know, it's it's often just fear that keeps us from everything.
3: Right. And, Jake, I truly did not know what to expect. I expected um, just a place for me and my son to live and try to save money. Um, I got a lot more out of that. I got um, counseling, help with my budget, um, and just mm-hmm. a lot of life skills and uh, just looking back over your life, over through the, the programming and the coursework that they offer mm-hmm. weekly, mm-hmm. Um, just to see how did you get into this situation and what can you do going forward, you know, building a plan so that you do not return to a situation right. of homelessness. So thinking ahead.
1: Right. Uh, we talk about it a lot on on the show. You know, a lot of these things that we discuss on the pep talk, they're not school curriculum, you know, how to balance your checkbook, how credit works, how loans work. Uh, and if I hadn't have had my parents and my family and friends as a support group uh, with the way I am with money, I would have been and out on the, you know, out on the street immediately right after high school. So, um, you know, these job skills and these, these life skills and, and this information uh, is not uh, readily available to most people and they have to really search it out. Um, so it's great that programs like these are there and they're providing that information. Uh, what, what did you love most about the program? I mean, I know, you know it's, it's a lifeline, but what did you enjoy most about it?
3: I'm going to say that working with the directors and also um, just the volunteering, the, the people that reside there, and everyone chipping in and helping one another. So yeah. just the camaraderie between the yeah. residents and the dedication of the, the staff that run Maxwell. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a family environment because yes. that's, what, I mean, that's what we all need to, to heal as a, as a family.
0: Jake, uh, sometimes in, the, in these crazy situations, an individual is looking for a, a safe, dry, mm-hmm. warm space. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and then then part of our responsibility is to make sure that it is safe that we have have those reasonable accommodations that they've got places for showers and and mm. bathrooms and stuff like that and and, and then uh well, laundry facilities all these things are provided as a part of the, part of that overall program. Well, how
1: much do, how much does that cost to keep that all going? How how much does it cost to keep the doors open per month? Just a uh,
0: just a, a ballpark figure would tell you that that it's it's roughly forty thousand dollars a month, whew. which is appreciable and. You've got the normal occupancy, but it's a, this is a 15,000-square-foot building, and mm-hmm. you've got $4,000 a month in utility costs and insurance wow. and stuff like yeah. that. But, but, but you, most importantly, you have to have case management because they are designed to help transition these people uh, from, from uh, sometimes desperate situations to success. You want to help them move to that, that, uh, that period of independence and, and, and self-sufficiency.
1: And the hope is that they get back on their feet, and they're doing so well that they come back and and give back and and volunteer. As a matter of fact, that's 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 an exciting part of it. Yeah. And uh, am I did I read this right? Somebody ninety percent success rate.
0: That the ninety percent success rate is the rate that we have in what I would call the reentry program, which is the the ex-offenders, and that's something that is documented by the Florida Department of Corrections. Oh, that's we, right. We yeah. don't have the same kind of statistics well, yeah. uh, on the homeless side, uh, uh, but, the reality is, yeah. uh, but the reality is that, that we see the people that, as they come in and, and they have their backs against the wall, and then we see them as, as they progress out, transition out mm-hmm. into interdependence. And I mean, it's really just a, an ex- excellent example of, of uh, uh, the work that's done at the center. Mm-hmm.
1: In the future, do you foresee, uh, you know, the money coming in to be able to eventually open up more programs and more housing for, you know, especially like women and children, newborns?
0: Yeah, well, let there, let there be no doubt that uh, in in the Northwest Florida area, as it is throughout our country, there is a, you know, a crying need to provide adequate, safe housing for individuals and help them uh, transition. So, yeah, part of, part of uh, our responsibility is to constantly look for. For support. And, I mean, in the past, we've received support from uh, uh, Opening Doors, which is the local continuum mm. of, of care organization, mm. uh, from the city of Pensacola, uh, some from uh, county, and certainly uh, faith-based organizations. We work very closely mm. with faith-based organizations uh, private individuals. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's an old adage that says it does take a community. It takes a village. It takes a village, uh, yep. And, and, and uh, uh, one of the mm. things that we're very fortunate is that north of Florida – has been extremely generous mm-hmm. uh, accepting that responsibility stepping up uh, to meet those needs uh, and and those needs are great they continue to grow mm-hmm. uh, but the good news is the good people in northwest florida will respond and we're confident of that
1: yes i'm confident of that as well uh just being here for a short time you know, five years i see the strength of this community and the resilience and uh just the care, you know, and love. Uh, Reentry Alliance Pensacola is who we're talking to today on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Check it out, uh, reapreentry.org if you want to donate, volunteer. Uh, we're talking about the Maxwell Respite Center. Uh, Troy, you're the program director there at the Maxwell. Uh, do, can people come in and tour? Because we were talking with uh, Amina about how, you know, some people are afraid. They don't know what to expect. Can, can people come and tour the, the center?
2: Well, I have to say this. Organizations can actually come and tour the center. Because of the different caseloads and the different people that are back there, we don't just allow anybody to come and look into the center. It's more so for organizations that want to see exactly what we do. And then that part, yes, we, can, we, do, we do allow organizations to come and tour.
0: Jake, let me, let me also say that. You've got to remember that, that we want both a secure place for the individuals that are there uh, and provide them uh, a safe place to reside, a comfortable place, because uh, it's their home. And so that, so that although we we make ourselves available to to display and to provide uh, an opportunity for people to see the facilities that we've got, mm-hmm. we also have to respect uh, the needs of the individual residents of the of that community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to stress that you know this is not a
1: shelter; it's it's a program. This is uh, you know just like reentry. It, it's you know it's. It's re-entry into a stable life, a safe environment uh, for you and, and maybe your your children, your in some cases, newborn children. Um, so we, we've we talked about a little bit of all of this. I kind of want to recap for people who may be just joining us. We are talking with the Re-Entry Alliance, Pensacola. Uh, check them out at reapreentry.org if you would like to donate because uh, monetary donations is really uh, what we're stressing because, like you said, what, what was it $40,000 a month to keep That's that great. building going? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and we only need more and more of them. So, um, yeah, so if somebody wanted to make a donation, um, I've been mentioning the website. Is there a link to donate on this
3: website?
0: There <laughs> certainly is a, yep. a link, uh, and, and if I, I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, REAPreentry.org is the website. Uh, let me also say that uh, our offices are the office for the location. That's 2200 North Palafox, which is the uh, the location for the Maxwell Center. Uh, but Reap, uh, as an organization, has offices at 1,000 West Blunt Street, on the edge of the old Baptist Healthcare campus. Mm, okay, uh,
1: and and once again, there is a uh, I see it now. There is a huge link to donate right here on the on the website, on the top right-hand corner. Uh, ReapReentry.org, uh, the Reentry Alliance of Pensacola, on the uh, on the show today. Uh, if you have uh, questions, uh, let us know. Uh, go go by the website, um, uh, check it out. Uh, there's just so many ways to to donate and get involved. Um, anything else? You, I mean, I know we've only got a few minutes uh, left of the show, but uh, any any other um, uh, things you want to get in there before we before we're done?
0: Well, I'm going to say that because I, I'm never going to pass on an opportunity to make a comment. <laughs> but, but 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 I think it really is important uh, to emphasize that that, that Pensacola. As a, as a community, has been most generous mm. to organizations addressing the needs of the homeless. And uh, we're very fortunate uh, to have organizations like the Waterfront Mission, mm-hmm. uh, Bright Bridges Ministry, uh, Favor House, there's a number of organizations that deal with people that are uh, marginalized citizens, I guess is the easiest way to describe it, people mm. that, that that are down on their luck at this point in time. And sometimes all it needs is a little bit of help for them to progress and make. And right. so, so we are fortunate to have our community do that, we are especially for, fortunate to have uh, these uh, cooperative organizations, uh, mm-hmm. and there's there's literally hundreds of them in our community.
1: Oh, yeah. One thing I've noticed from doing Pep Talk is all these programs come through and the nonprofits, but they're all connected in some way. They all work together in some way. They all know each other, and that's the best thing really about this community is everybody can pull together and really make great things happen. Uh, Amina, I, I want to get to you before, we, before we're before we done here. Just uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but um, – But I just wanted to uh, uh, let you uh, say, if anybody's out there that was in your position, uh, somebody who might be thinking, "I really need help. I need to go to a place like this." uh, What would you say to them? What's your piece of advice?
3: I my suggestion would be to just go to the website or to actually make that phone call. Um, Getting on the wait list is an integral part to actually moving your life forward. Um, I i in my opinion, I feel like anyone that has lived there um, and actually worked the program um, they they leave out better than what they than how they entered the program. I'm better for uh, having been at Maxwell. I have a place to live um, and great life skills mm, now so yeah. Um, just make the call or visit
0: yeah. the website Jake let me just 'll say this another place to call not only because we 've got our phone number but mm-hmm. but but you can call that first call for help, which is an organization that is a part of the uh, United Way of West Florida two one one make make that phone call and they 'll refer you to the to the right place, the most appropriate place for you to receive the services that you need
1: and that's two one one on your on your mobile device or, right. or
0: anything like that okay
1: um, all right, troy um, last thoughts. Uh, anything you want to leave uh, leave the listener with here about the Maxwell Respite Center?
2: Yeah, I just want to, excuse me, Jake, I just want all the listeners to understand that we're not a shelter; we are a transitional housing program, and we are dedicated and we're tenacious enough to make sure that everyone that comes through those doors succeed.
1: All right. Um, again, we're going to say this website because it's it's a great website. In doing my research last night for the show, it just kind of had me in tears. Um, just especially the the reentry. Um, people who have come in and after incarceration just had such a, a daunting climb to get back to normalcy. And uh, we've been talking all morning about people who are just down on their luck, uh, one bad decision away, uh, one relationship away from being homeless and having a, a small child to take care for. Um, so, you know, programs like this in this great community can really make the difference. Reentry Alliance Pensacola is the uh, well, the website is reapreentry.org. Um, And you can check out ways to donate. Uh, You can get linked to the um, the Maxwell Respite Center uh, and that program. Uh, thank you so much, Amina, for being here and, and giving your, your testimony from the program uh, personally. Uh, Troy Watts, the program director at the Maxwell Respite Center. Uh, if you have an organization, a nonprofit, uh, somebody that's helping out that wants to uh, tour this facility and see how your organization can work with theirs, let them know. Check out the website, reapreentry.org. Also, Vinnie Wibbs, the exec- executive director of REAP, thank you so much for, for bringing them in today and being on the show. It's
0: been our pleasure. We wish everyone a happy
1: holiday. Yes, happy holidays and uh yeah definitely check out reentry.org We'll be right back with more of the Pensacola Expert panel. We got the Pensacola uh children's sports.